I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. Today's episode is a very special one as we are joined by two exceptional guests who are about to embark on a very exciting journey to climb to the Mount Everest Base Camp. Sandy, who lives with Parkinson's, is heading off to Nepal with Gary, who runs the company Trek Ready Himalayas, to raise money for Shake It Up Australia Foundation. Gary's been doing these trips to Everest for Shake It Up since 2016 and has already raised over $25,000 for Parkinson's research, which is Incredible. So please welcome our two intrepid travellers, Sandra Gerswich and Gary Gillette. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having us. I'm very excited to hear all about it. So tell me about the upcoming trek. When are you off and what is the plan? We uh, depart on uh, the 29th of April. Uh, Some of the trekkers are coming from Pittsburgh in the United States, Darwin, uh, Adelaide, Melbourne. So they've got different uh, travel Uh, start dates and God knows how long their commutes will be and so forth. But we'll all arrive in Kathmandu. We'll be greeted by Mr. Ram from Nepal Spirit Adventure. And then the following morning, we will have a six o'clock charter flight from Kathmandu to Lukla, which will be a wonderful experience or a frightening experience, depends on your perspective. And then our journey begins up to um, eight days up to base camp which should be a lot of fun. It'll be a great experience for everyone who hasn't been there before. And I've tried to emphasise that slow and steady is fine. And if you want to stop and have a Kodak moment, you stop and have a Kodak moment because you don't come back to that part of the world very often and there's lots to see. So, Sandy, what's the training been like? The training, well, very interesting. Yeah, I started training and met, met Gary about 12 months ago. And started hiking uh, Mount Gungun. I did a couple of Mount Coolum. I've done Mount Lofty in Adelaide when I was down there. Um, and then I decided to do some um, in the last week with Gary, some more in a different location. And geez, um, I wish I'd done that location up at Budrum rather than the other ones because that was harder than the mountains. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been pretty good actually. And feeling all ready to go? I don't think you're ever quite so ready um, until you get there and realise what you're in for. Um, up until uh, the last week or so, I've been like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And then um, it's kind of like the nerves are starting to hit in because it's so close and I'm thinking that, yeah, am I really ready? Am I Have I trained enough? Um, I've got, yeah, a personal trainer at the gym and, yeah, he's um, really, really pushing me. The other day I called out to the receptionist and said to help. She's like, first time ever, no, I'm not helping. She said, you need this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been quite fun. 
Fun is a word, uh, sounds very strenuous, but all for a good cause. Now, Gary, you've done a few of these treks for Shake It Up Australia now. Um, what inspired you to fundraise for them in this way? Um, initially, well, quite a few years ago, I'd, I'd done a few trips across Kokoda, first time as a tourist and then the next few times as a guide. And I'd always, and that's quite a hot, strenuous sort of trek, and I wanted to do some colder weather treks and Everest had a an appeal about it. It's fairly iconic and sort of everyone talks about Mount Everest being the highest mountain in the world. It sort of stands out a bit. I wanted to do something to help others. So we looked at a, a bunch of charities and I settled on Shake It Up because I liked the fact that every dollar we raised went straight to research. It wasn't being eaten up in marketing and gimmicks and so on and so forth. And I worked out pretty quickly. We were effectively the marketing department for Shake It Up Australia, which was fine. I was okay with that. So we generate publicity and, and, and do what we can, try and have a conversation about something that a lot of people for a long time didn't want to talk about because it was just an old person's disease. And then, of course, people start to realise with Michael J. Fox and the Sanders of the world that it's not just an old person's disease and it can affect anybody and that we should do whatever we can to put an end to it and I with my work in health I, I work with uh, people with Parkinson's and dementia and a bunch of other things so it's just a way of trying to help others in a, in a nice meaningful way that's not mainstream like some of the other uh, diseases not that they're not worthy but I just think this is something that should be dealt with and we can do a little bit to help. Well, I know we're certainly very grateful for the work that you've done and the experiences you're providing. And like I said in the intro, $25,000 already has been raised and you're off again at the end of this month. So what can people do to contribute to the efforts um, and also get information about if they wanted to be involved in a future track? Okay. I've ventured into social media, so which has been interesting. I've Seem to have mastered Instagram. I seem to have mastered Facebook. I'm a disaster at TikTok and um, a disaster at Twitter. So I've given up on those. But on Instagram, if they look up Trek Ready Himalayas, there's a link at the top in the bio, which takes you straight to our link tree and the donate here connection is at the top. The same on uh, Facebook with Trek Ready Himalayas. Uh, any donations, small or large, will receive a receipt. And it's look, it's a bit of fun, and it's 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 secure. Um, they can check out our journey on Instagram and our, uh, see some videos of Sandra training. Um, I took cheekily took some video of her the other morning walking up this honking grade hill that I made her walk up, and um, she's had some very complimentary comments that when I've explained to people that her situation and um, she's I think she's quite an inspiration to a lot of young people I can say young people because I'm 62 and she's nowhere near it and anyone who is living with or knows someone with Parkinson's um, it, it's it's a it's an inspirational journey and, and look we will get Sandra to base camp one way or the other she will get to base camp we'll get her there <laughs> She may not enjoy the journey, but she'll get there. <laughs>
Well, we look forward to seeing how the journey plays out. And I don't know, I think there could be some great TikTok opportunities up a mountain. There's not a lot of TikTokers that are on Everest, so it could be a a market for the future. That's a fair point. It won't be me that puts it up, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to have a go with you. (laughs) I think you'll all be a little busy doing more important things on the day. (laughs) Yes. Well, a lot of people say, how long do you spend at base camp? Well, we spent about 10 minutes. Enough time to get the photos, have a look around and then get the hell out of there because it's a little chilly and um, we want to get back for a cup of tea. That cup of tea will be the best tasting cup of tea you've ever had. Well, Gary, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to keep having a chat with Sandy, but have a wonderful time. Thank you for everything that you do and we can't wait to hear about how this goes. Thank you very much, Amy. Look forward to it. All right, so we're back with now the main attraction of the episode, Sandy. Thank you for staying with me through this. Thank you. So I wanted to chat a little bit more about um, your story and your journey with Parkinson's. Um, And I first off ask, is this something that you um, are comfortable talking about or find easy to talk about? Yes, I do, yes. Um, When I first got diagnosed, I was actually walked out of the um, specialist room very different to anybody else, jumping for joy and ringing my girlfriend and saying, guess what? We know what it is. Um, I've gone through a number of things uh, for years, doctors feeling that doctors weren't believing me, that something was actually wrong. Um, my GP that sent me to special uh, four different specialists or wrote notes to go to four specialists, um, he came back to me one day and said, well, everything comes up trumps. There's literally nothing wrong with you. But he said, there is. Obviously, there is something going on. I checked all my major organs. I'd had three or four MRIs, CT scans, ultrasounds, you name it. I'd done it. And um, so, yeah, when uh, I went to one specialist that he'd referred me to, which was a back specialist, and she said to me, well, everything, you know, looks as normal as normal. Um, She said, you know, a little bit of ageing, degenerative things that are happening, which is quite normal. Um, she said, but I think you might have MS. I'm going to refer you to my colleague. So she um, referred me to a colleague and she tried to get me in the following day. She said it was urgent. Um, I got in the following week and he said, oh, you got signs of maybe MS, but I more think it's um, Parkinson's. So um, gave me a script. Off I went. Three um, tablets or three half tablets a day. And within three days, I could notice a massive difference. You know, apart from, you know, the tablets do initially make you feel sick, but after a while that goes away or the very first one in the morning I'd actually um, take half of it and then I'd purposely go, try to go back to sleep and then I'd wake up and I would, you know, miss that sick feeling. Um, but I th- I'm very thankful he was really good because he put you on half a dose. Um, where I've heard of others go on bigger doses to start off with and where he kind of weaned it into my system, but... Yeah, it's amazing. And a week later, I was like, I was half a different person. Wow. So that time when you felt like there was something wrong, there was maybe changes in your body, but the doctors were saying, or they couldn't find anything, that must have been so challenging and mentally frustrating, confusing, upsetting. What was it like to experience that and not know? Um, It was. um, Yeah, initially, like back in 2014, when I was living in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast, um, 1st of November, I sold my hairdressing salon. 
And by then I noticed taking my hands in and out of my scissors as I was cutting and doing things is things that you don't do. You never have your blade open with a pair of scissors. Um, and I was. I would comb the hair and I'd have the, the blade open. And I'm thinking, what's going on? My uh, my finger won't you know, come out of my um, this socket properly. And th then I sold the salon and then I noticed that I would um, be writing and it was hurting my brain. And I would actually physically go into the doctors and, you know, write, pretend to write and touch my uh, top of my head. And say, so it's hurting my brain, it's hurting in there. And they just looked at me weirdly. And then I started with this limp. And again, I'd go into the doctors, oh, two doctors. And they'd say, you're fine. You got no limp. I said, no, it comes and it goes. It's the weirdest thing. And then one day I walked in and um, the female doctor said to me, what have you done? I said, nothing. I said, this is the limp that I tell you about. And um, then that just, you know, would, you know, again, would come and go. My right foot was started turning in and my left toe, my, sorry, my big toe on my right foot was start coming up. My little toes was squeezed under. And it felt like your foot was just like being pulled and pulled tighter underneath. When I was living in Alice Springs, I'd go to the doctors and say, like, my right side, there's fluid. And they'd say, no, there's not. Just drop your weight. I'm like, you have no idea what I'm trying to do. I'm exercising. I'm trying to drop my weight. It's nothing's, you know, budging. And I've got fluid on my right side. And they're like, no, go away. Just drop your weight. So... Um, yeah, it was eventually um, I came out to the Sunshine Coast when I was living in Alice and saw my doctor up here and he actually kind of believed me um, and so he sent me to, through him, He I went to another colleague and then sent me to a, a neuro, neuro six weeks later but I never returned from Alice Springs to go to it. Um, so then it was about 18 months later that I got diagnosed in Adelaide by my um, GP down there and um, that's when he said to me, Look, everything's going up trumps, so um, let's send you to a specialist. And that's through him was how I ended up finding out that I had Parkinson's. So it was a long journey, but it's interesting because, you know, my GP in Queensland, um, he'd probably known me, well, he had, he'd known me longer, um, but um, he picked up something pretty well straight away the first time I'd seen him because there was things like I couldn't cut a piece of toast um, I was at my girlfriend's kitchen in um, Brisbane and two friends were there and my daughter just w walked up to me, pulled the knife out of my hand and s finished cutting the cheese. And um, Lenny said to me, did you see what happened? And Cecilia's like, yeah, do you understand what's going on at the moment? And I said, no, what do you mean? Yeah, my daughter's just helped me. She said, no, why is she helping you? What's happening? Do you realise your body's not functioning correctly? And that's when um, we started thinking, well, even more so, I need to find out what's going on because, yeah, at, you know, push the issue. And that's when I saw my GP in Queensland. So that was the start of, yeah, somebody actually believing me. What an incredibly mm -hmm. frustrating uh, journey that must have been. But so you finally did get to someone, they believed you and you started taking some medication so since actually getting the care that you required, what are the symptoms like now? Yep. What's the day-to-day -day experience? Um, well, they change. Um, lots happens. It's different. More things happened. Your body changes drastically over a period of time. And one day you look back and think, wow, what could I do and what can't I do now? 
Um, so there also comes a grieving process in that as well. You know, at one stage, you know, before medication, um, there was two years that I couldn't even put my bra on. Well, now I'm finding I can put my bra on now, but then it's also because I do a lot more activity because I've researched it a bit more and I understand it a bit more. Um, so I do a lot of exercise. I do a lot of walking. Um, like my week will show that um, Mondays I do brain training and cardio. Uh, Wednesdays I do um, balance training and cardio with my EP. And then I three sessions a week with my personal trainer. And then I go out walking as well, whether it's walking the streets, walking the mountains and that. Um, so, yeah, different symptoms are coming. So, like, in the, I'm finding it struggling in the mornings to get physically dressed. It can take me, you know, anywhere from half an hour to two hours, depending on the morning and the day. Biggest One big thing is, like, you know, starting off in the day is stiff. So your body's got to get really warmed up before it will move to be able to do things. And I find for myself now, and everyone's very different, I can walk through a door. One minute I'm walking through the door, no problem. Next minute I open the door and I'm struggling and I stop and I can't walk through that door. And then, again, it's the weirdest thing that your brain does. It's kind of like your brain's your boss, your nervous system's your two I see. And um, lots of times your nervous system says, up your boss. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, you've got to really continuously think about things. Simple things of walking, doing heel toe. And it's funny, actually, um, sometimes I get a little bit embarrassed, but I shouldn't, I know, I know. But my personal trainer will yell out in the middle of the gym, heel toe, heel toe. And it's like a simple thing of that. So your brain's continuously overthinking everything because it has to because it won't function otherwise if it's not telling the rest of the body what to do. Um, I verbalise things and I'll, you know, hit my leg and say move or clap my hands and, you know, do different things um, because, you know, the body's just not functioning, you know, like an able person. I remember something, um, and I'm not sure if this has been your experience, but um, with my dad, he was saying that those things that were autonomous in the past, he now feels like he has to really think about them to make them happen. And we all take that for granted if you have an able body because um, there are so many processes going on that are taking energy, but you don't have to think about it. So now if you're actively having to, you know, try and command your legs to move or to be thinking about certain things, that's exhausting. Oh, it certainly is. And that's what I actually said, you know, um, to my support workers, um, support coordinator. They started saying to me, get people to drive you between appointments and that. Use your funding because, you know, I'm privileged. I've got NDIS funding. And I am very, very, very grateful for it. But, yeah, they said it's okay because, you know, because I can still drive. But they said it's okay to use that to between, you know, appointments and that because, like my EP said, you know, your brain does tire. So therefore, as much as I need the exercise and I have to do that because otherwise if I don't do it, I feel worse. And then it, and it means that when I am at home and getting up to go to the toilet, if I'm not doing it, um, I can't do that. Or going to the kitchen or just doing simple things. Um, so therefore, yeah, the tiring is very tiring at times. And, you know, even though I've been, you know, like this morning, I've been for a four to five K walk this morning and doing the walk, it was tiring. But now sitting here talking to you, my brain is so much clearer. I am functioning so much better. I'm moving around the house so much better. Yeah, just those simple things, like you said, other people, you know, just take for granted. And because we don't know, 
until we've dealt with something, we have no idea what it's like for somebody else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned before um, sort of a grief process. What did it? What has it been like for you to cope with all of the changes that you've had to face? Oh, oh I could end up crying. That's okay. Um, it's um, it's huge um, because my psychologist actually said to me the other day, this past week, she said, "What part of Parkinson? What aspect of your life?" Has Parkinson's affected? I started listing them off. And then I said, there is not one section of your life, your family, your children, your independence, your financial, that is massive. Um, the fact that your brain says, you know, people say, yeah, I hate my job or oh, I can't find work. And it's like, it's amazing because I've always worked and I've always studied and, um, yeah, and you find that I hear things and think, I could go for that job. I've even been offered jobs. But I know I've tried and tried to, to work. And, um, you know, I've had one boss that's amazing. You know, I could just go in there and sit. But even that got tiring. And I said to my EP, why does it get tiring? Because you know, even I can get up and walk around and it's, you know, not hot. I don't have to worry about KBIs or, you know, have any stress at all. But it's that functioning of your brain is doing something different. You're still at a workplace and you've still got to function. Yeah, so it's funny how the exercise is the only thing. So maybe the positive out of this is the fact that I've been able to exercise a lot more and my life is now all to do with exercising and functioning. Um, but, yeah, there is not an aspect of life that you can look on that you don't go through that grieving process. And then being at 45, um, being diagnosed, um, you think, well, I might have another 40 years up my sleeve. What's my life going to look like? You know, apart from financially, but how's my body going to function? Um, I'm single. Who's going to want somebody, you know, that's got a, got Parkinson's that's, that, you know, they might come in and think, well, oh, I need to be a carer, not an equal. You know, I can't put into a relationship, you know, in certain ways or financially I can't. You know, you're always living on the lower end of the scale in so many different areas of your life. I've got three children. The things that I used to do with my 27-year-old and even my 22-year-old, I don't do with my 15-year-old. Um, my, you know, 15-year-old daughter, like one day I made something and my son came around and he grabbed it and it was biscuits or I can't remember what it was, biscuits, cake or something. And so she got really upset because it's like, well, mum used to do that for you all the time. She can't do it. That's mine. So yeah, there's those other little things that you see. That's okay. Um, no, it's it's really hard. Yeah, it is. And um yeah, and people don't see when they, when you're out in public, as you'd know probably aiming with your dad, um, you actually see you're out there when you're good or when you're okay. Um, I tend to probably be out there more than others with Parkinson's that when I'm not okay and I have to push myself because I am by myself. Um, but people don't see really that shuffling. They don't see when you can't move. Yeah, there's so many things of this disease that people don't see. And then I have the other side of things where people say to me, 
you don't have Parkinson's, you're walking fine, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with you because they don't, or, you know, I might pull up at a shopping centre and because I know that I'm going to be there for a while, so by the time I come out, I'm not going to be feeling good and I'm just going to want to get into that car because I'm not, you know, the walking's not great. So then I get all the comments, you know, in the shopping centre about, oh, yeah, what's she in a disabled car park for and that. And then, you know, when I, you know, at the other end, when I come out, people are like, are you okay, love? The amount of people that have walked up to me in the shopping centre said, what have you done? What's wrong with you? And, you know, because I think, you know, it might be a sore leg or a sore hip or something like that. But, yeah, it's all, it's yeah, it's very different. <laughs> well, it's just, it's such a misunderstood disease and I think particularly for someone with young onset because the part of the misconception is that it's only a disease that affects old people so people don't really understand it in general wouldn't ever think that it could affect um, a younger person and then I mean I could talk about this forever but as a society we more we're just so quick to judge rather than try to understand see what could be going on with a fellow human and empathize rather than cast like yeah like I said judgment yes and it's when people, when you say you've got Parkinson's, it's like, oh, but you don't shake. And it's kind of like, well, not a lot of the younger onsets do shake. Um, and even some of the early people, they don't shake. So there's so many different um, side effects to this disease or symptoms to this disease um, that, yeah, it's not just about shaking. And that's probably where, you know, it's really important for people to have more knowledge and understanding and to get out there that, yeah, there's lots of elements to it. Absolutely. So speaking of um, knowledge, what's something that you have learnt on your journey that you wish you had known a little earlier? Oh, um, that's actually a bit hard. <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> or even um, something that you didn't know, I guess, about <laughs> Parkinson's or um, an intervention that's been really helpful. Like you mentioned, um, the walking and exercise has been really helpful um yeah what are some of the things that you're doing to 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 help combat the symptoms um yeah I actually was on a trial for light therapy so it's the size of this um ipad that you sit in front of you and um every morning you put that on and I found I reckoned you know I was only on the trial whether it was the um, legit one or not um but I reckon that actually made a difference I do have a red light therapy um, helmet that I use, but I'm silly. I forget to use it regularly and put it in the right spot. Yeah, so the light therapy is probably the biggest ones that I've actually tried that's been different apart from the exercise. You know, anything happy, so like singing and dancing. Oh, and also I've got a drum, a, um, oh, I can't think what it's called, it's, yeah, just a drum with your hands in that. And I've recently, yeah, got that. And you can feel the vibrations in that through you. And that makes makes you feel really good. And, again, it's a dopamine, I suppose, of the brain, you know, part of the brain that's been affected. So, yeah, anything that is good and happy and, yeah, makes you smile and laugh is really, really good. And your body actually feels a lot better afterwards as well because it's natural. Yeah. Gosh, music is powerful, isn't it? It's amazing. Mm, it certainly is even though my daughter says what are you doing that for mum you're an embarrassment (laughs) (laughs) oh she was gonna say that anyway about something else (laughs) that's right (laughs) so last question and then I will let you uh, go on with your day but what's something that you would say to someone that has just been diagnosed with Parkinson's uh don't be ashamed of it 
I know so many people um, that have said, you know, the family don't know, even after, you know, 18 months, two years, you know, lots of people don't know, they hold it back, they're embarrassed. Um, I had a friend down in Adelaide, he said, um, after me being diagnosed probably even 12 months, he said it took him five to eight years to get to the stage of where I was because um, I'm very proactive and, you know, out there about it. Search out and find groups. Um, I have met some amazing people and have got some amazing friends through this. So that is a positive that's come out of this disease. As my daughter said to me once, she said, you could have something worse, Mum, which is so true. Yeah, so you just get out there, learn about it. There is so much support there that you don't realise. Um, and just ask and don't stop asking and you'll find the groups, you'll find the people. You have an understanding of what's going on. So it's nice to be sometimes to talk to somebody without having to explain, to say, oh, I've, I've had this day. This is what's happened to me today. Or, you know, have you had these symptoms? Or just to be with people that... Um, you just simply understand and you don't have to talk about Parkinson's but if you do something silly it doesn't matter because they understand so it's nice to have that camaraderie with all I suppose all that um, friendship with some people that have got it but then on the other hand it's nice you still have friends that don't have Parkinson's because I've also found that people will put you into a bowl and okay you've now got Parkinson's so you've got to meet this person because they've got a disease or they've got this you know you'll get on really well because of this it's kind of like well yeah I've got Parkinson's but it's not me it's it's what I've got I'm still the same person inside of who I am of who I was beforehand to now and that can be frustrating the fact that I am still the same person but my body's just not functioning the same so therefore my brain and my ideas still are there. So don't, you know, don't wipe us either. Um, so when you have got people that have got the same condition as you, it's nice to yeah, be known and to speak about it. And, yeah, and don't hide it from your family because all your friends, because some of them actually really do help as well and they're really supportive. I've got some amazing friends from you know that I've had for years that help me and support me and you know uh, always at the end of the phone for me well the people you surround yourself are so important aren't they and so I think amazing advice there that absolutely embrace the community and have that camaraderie but ultimately you still get to choose who your tribe is so just because you have the same disease or anything like that doesn't mean you have to be friends with anyone so I think that's a really valid point too yeah that's right yeah, and I've recently joined a hiking group and, you know, the ladies last weekend we had coffee after the hike and it was amazing, like, you know, the difference that when people, when you start sharing knowledge about something and how they take it on board and, yeah, and that's the thing, when you talk about it, people will take it on board and so it'll help somebody else that's got another disease. It doesn't even have to be Parkinson's, it be any condition, but it just helps somebody else by being giving knowledge of your knowledge and sharing it to other people. Yeah, there's such a power in sharing vulnerability and having the courage to do that. And you doing this podcast today is an amazing example of that. And I think will be wonderful for everyone in the Parkinson's community, but also specifically people with young onset Parkinson's to hear your story and have that, um, like you said, camaraderie and hopefully encourage them to feel more comfortable to talk about it with the people around them too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
Well, thank you so much, Sandy, for being on the Shake It Up show and best of luck for the trek. We can't wait to hear all about it. We'll definitely get you and Gary back to have a bit of a debrief when you're uh, returning to Australia post-hike. Yes, it'll be yeah, really good. I'm very, very fortunate with that because I've actually got my neurophysio coming with me from Adelaide as support as well. Oh, so wow. I'm, I just can't believe it. Yeah, I... Um, he does a lot of hydro work. So when I'm in Adelaide, I do a lot of hydrotherapy work with him and zero gravity work. So he's actually gone to NASA and worked for NASA with um, the astronauts. Um, yeah, he's a pretty amazing guy. So now what he does, yeah, what they do up in space, he does in the water. So he teaches that in Adelaide, at Adelaide um, Hydrotherapy. Yeah, so when I was in Adelaide for four months, yeah, the past four months um I said to him about coming jokingly and um he asked me a few questions about it. I said well you can come if you want it'd be great yeah long story short he's coming with us so I'm yeah quite lucky he's like bringing the tape for my ankles and making sure that I'll be okay so <laughs> it's really cool so we've got a yeah full team 13 of us going and it is going to be quite exciting once we're there Oh, sounds fantastic. And if he's doing all that NASA space work, then he's going to be fine with just a little mountain. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, again, thank you so much. Can't wait to hear about it. Have a great time over there and we'll touch base when you're back. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Amy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. Throughout April, you can support the Pause for Parkinson's campaign and pledge a donation or participate in fundraising or clinical trials. So to support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast to get involved. Together, we can find a cure.